Hello and welcome to a special episode of Shattered Lives, the Irish Daily Star's crime podcast on a momentous day for gangland crime in Ireland and Spain, I suppose. I'm Michael O'Toole, crime correspondent with the paper. I'd normally be joined with my partner by my partner in crime, Paul Healy, but Paul is on holidays at the minute and he picked a great time to go on leave. So I'm delighted to be joined by the Mirror's chief reporter, John Hand. Now, just to explain, the Star and the Mirror are part of Reach. So we're one big happy family, shall we say. So uh, I'm really lucky that John has said yes and we could pick on his expertise and draw on his expertise to talk about what has happened today. And as I said, it has been a momentous day and I think the ramifications of what happened in relation to a man called Liam Byrne will be far-reaching and extremely significant. John, thanks for joining us. How's things, Mick? You well? I'm glad. It, it, this is one of those great days in journalism that are a real holy shit moment. Yeah, it's probably the most significant day since the sanctions were announced against the Kinnan cartel by the US uh, Treasury, I suppose. It's uh, it's very significant. We we learned this morning that a Kinnan cartel member was arrested in Mallorca um, and the Spanish police uh, described him as a priority fugitive for the UK's National Crime Agency. Um, but within minutes of that emerging, Spanish reports uh, started name, naming Liam Byrne um, and then the National Crime Agency confirmed it. So uh, what the NCA said was Liam Byrne is thought to be one of the most trusted members of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group. Um, he was arrested on Sunday evening in Mallorca while eating in a restaurant with family members and he'd flown into Palma Airport from Dubai on May 26th. Um, they also confirmed a second arrest, a uh, suspected member of the group, Jack Kavanagh, 22-year-old from Tamworth in Staffordshire. Um, he was arrested by police last Tuesday at Malaga Airport um, while transitioning from Dubai to Turkey. So we subsequently learned today then that Jack Kavanagh is a son of Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. Um, so that's Liam Burns' brother-in-law. Uh, Thomas Kavanagh is, of course, serving a 21-year sentence in the UK for conspiracy uh, to import 36 million worth of drugs. Um, and he, he was recognised as Daniel Kinahan, Daniel Kinahan's equal uh, in the gang. So now his son has been arrested by the NCA. So it's it's a really significant day. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think we could underestimate how significant these two arrests are, but particularly the arrest of Liam Byrne. So maybe if we just step back a bit and talk about Liam Byrne, we've obviously known about him for a long time. Um, I suppose we're lucky in that uh, journalistically we can describe him as a gangster and as a serial criminal, serious criminal because the Irish courts have described them as that. And just to go back a wee bit, in 2018, the Criminal Assets Bureau, they had been going after a whole rake of Kenyan heads. And in 2018, the Criminal Assets Bureau secured findings in the High Court against Liam Byrne. And essentially, what that said was that he was the head of what was called the Byrne Organised Crime Gang, which is, is it, I don't know what to say, is it a franchise? Is it a subset? Is it like a, an associate? But it's it's a gang closely linked or maybe a subpart of the Kenan Organised Crime Group. They're, they're one in the same effectively, but I think they have their own group as well. Yeah, yeah. I suppose Liam, Liam's life has been crime from the get-go. Um, he's from street level dealing. He became one of the most senior members of the Kenan cartel, of course. But from his early teens, he was selling cannabis, uh, then graduated to cocaine, uh, ecstasy, and Gardy, you dealt with him from an early age in the, the early, his early teens. Um, 
just felt he was aggressive. Um, he had no respect for for the guards, and uh, there was an air of arrogance about him. Um, and that, I suppose, was in part because he'd always surrounded himself with dangerous people as well. Um, but he and others from uh, Cronin had formed a gang. Um, they were being supplied by Christy Kinahan in, in the 30 days. Um, and Christy at the time was a convicted heroin dealer himself. But he was later jailed um, and the gang kept going. They got supply elsewhere for some years. But he had Freddie Thompson, uh, Liam's cousin in the gang, and of course, Brian Rattigan. Um, but in the late 90s, 1998, Liam uh, got involved in two robberies. Um, and in the second one of those robberies, an off-duty guard came in uh, and he later pleaded guilty to that uh, for offences to, to do with uh, driving, dangerous driving firearms and burglary. But he walked free from that. He got a, a suspended sentence. But just a couple of weeks after that conviction at trial, he uh, attacked another man called Trevor Donnelly at Crumman Shopping Centre with a baseball bat. Um, and there was some verbal altercation that they, a number of individuals were involved. Um, but Byrne arrived to the scene, uh, took out a bat from his car and uh, bet Trevor Donnelly to a pulp. So his suspended sentence was revoked. He was later jailed. So he was jailed for that robbery. Um, and then Donnelly's partner gave evidence against Byrne. Um, so despite a number of, 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 of threats from Byrne, he offered a 50,000 50, euro at one stage. Um, so he's given a further two years for that assault. Um, and to that day, it's his only jail stint he, he's done. But at the time, um, just before he went into jail, that gang begin, began to implode, of course. Uh, there was a major seizure of drugs. Uh, a man, Declan Gavin, was blamed for uh, essentially being blamed for being a rat, and the gang splits in two. Freddie Thompson and, and Gavin take one side, Ratkin takes the other, um, and that feud went on for a decade. Thirteen men killed. Freddie Thompson, of course, was a key player in that. But Liam gets out of jail in two thousand and four, and the landscape has changed totally. He's a uh, Freddie's gang is 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 uh, very successful in terms of uh, drug dealing, and um, but Byrne is elevated to a senior role kind of when he comes out of prison in the gang as well. Himself and Freddie are traveling to Spain a lot, um, and then later on, Freddie Thompson begins spending a lot more time abroad. There was that lingering lingering threat of of, of Ratigan, um, but I suppose that threat had subsided by then. He was also under threat from the INLA, and. Uh, he also just wanted, Freddie just wanted to be in Spain. It was where the place to be, it was where the Kinnan Cartel headquarters were. Um, and Liam elevates the leader of the Byrne Organised Crime Group, which is the Irish branch of the cartel. You kind of refer to it there, Mick. There, there's some Gardaí that would say, you would almost think the Byrne Organised Crime Group was a subset of the Kinnan Cartel, but some would suggest that it, it was nearly as big and uh, working hand in hand with the Kinnan Cartel. That's a very good point. I mean, and I suppose only the, the bosses know, but there's a definite feeling that in their own right, Liam Byrne was a very serious criminal and ran a very, very serious uh, crime operation. So, look, I suppose... Whatever happened, he became interlinked and totally connected to the Kinahan cartel. And and you mentioned Thomas Bomber Kavanagh there. Um, I remember when Kavanagh was jailed, it was the year before or year before last, the question came up, was it 2021? 
22. So, yeah, so I remember the question came up. Look, as you said, Bomber Kavanagh was on a par with Daniel Kinnan. He ran the European operation for the Kinnan cartel. He was a very, very important player. So the question came up, who was going to take over? Because somebody has to take over when somebody like Bomber Kavanagh is jailed. And the information I got from our sources were that Liam Byrne was now Daniel Kinnan's main man in Europe. So it shows you his importance and how significant he was within his own gang. And and, and that's another point, actually, just in relation to the Byrne organised crime gang. We know about the, the Kinnan Hutch feud, but it's probably less known that there would be a belief amongst many Gardaí that members of the Byrne organised crime gang were the key drivers of that feud. And when I say feud, they were the key drivers of the response by the Kinahan cartel to a very significant incident. And that was the murder of David Byrne, Liam Byrne's brother, in the Regency Airport Hotel by the Hutch crime gang in February 2016. Now, as you know, as we know, Jerry Hutch, the monk, was charged with that murder and he was acquitted by the non-jury special criminal court on the 17th of April after a 50-day a uh, 52 day trial so uh, Mr Hutch has his name but it was that uh, David Byrne was murdered and it incensed members of the Byrne organised crime gang I think it's fair to say that and they for me, I think it was personal for them and they unleashed and I think Daniel Kenan went along with it they unleashed a trail of murder and mayhem really from February 2016 up until the last murder was in late January 2018 so more or less two years of hell. Now, we know, and I remember speaking to John O'Driscoll, then Assistant Commissioner in charge of serious and organised crime, Gardy in that time, from the Regency up until last year, they prevented 70 murder hits, right? Most, they would admit this, or they would say this themselves, most of those hits were by, or most of those failed hits were hits that the Byrne and Hutt and Kenan organised crime gangs had ordered. So most of the hits came from the Kenans or the, the Byrne side, not from the Hutches or not from other things. And that shows you the real trail the uh, trail of terror the campaign of terror that the burn organized crime gang with the, the Kenan organized crime gang was uh, enacting on the people of dublin and it's no real underestimation to say that liam burn was leader of that organization when it was wreaking hell and havoc in dublin he's a very very significant criminal yeah absolutely and uh, as you say daniel Kenan went along with it uh, to a point but i remember you writing at the time actually they lost the backing of the, the, the higher echelons late, later on because murder is bad for business mm-hmm. and they, they lost uh, the backing of the Kinnan cartel um, to, in this war where the, just a murderous war on the streets of Dublin but uh, where any member of the, the Hutch family, uh, anyone associated with them was being wiped out but also uh, along with that you talk about the response from the Regency but uh, one thing you know the Gardaí always said was it will take an international response and a coordinated response. But we saw arms of the state like CAB being used against Liam Byrne uh, in a success, very successful case in 2018, I, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, that was part of the coordinated fight back. And that was significant as well because they, they seized 2.7 million worth of his assets. Um, it saw Liam flee the country um, to essentially flee law enforcement. But his arrest today just highlights the coordinated uh, attempt from many police forces to to dismantle the Kinnan cartel. Yeah, so let's talk about what has happened. So we know, as you said, he flew in from Dubai, which is home to a lot of people in the Kinnan cartel. We don't know where Daniel Kinnan is. Some people think he's still there. Some people think he's not. 
who knows? But I think it's fair to say that Dubai is their bolt hole and their base, no matter what, no matter where they are, it's their it's their centre of their operations. So it, well, as you say, it was Spain up until the, the, the start of the feud. I think Kenan moved away from Spain in 2017 over to Dubai and has been there. But essentially, Liam Byrne was in Dubai. The National Crime Agency, which is the Britain sort of FBI, had been investigating him and they got intelligence that he had flown from Dubai to Mallorca, as you say, and they moved against him yesterday, which is Sunday. Sunday, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it, they say they they got they he they warrants uh, they issued warrants under the trade and cooperation agreement. Uh, it's essentially replaced the European arrest warrant for for um, the UK after Brexit, and it covers issues regarding uh, cooperation with law enforcement. Um, but uh, significantly, they said the investigation is based on EncroChat messages uh, that showed the two suspects were believed to be involved in supply and acquisition of firearms. And it is, you know, it, it, it's it's funny to look back. The Kinahan uh, cartel pioneered PGP encrypted phones back in 2008. They were the first ones to use these devices. And yet here we are 15 years on. Uh, Liam Byrne is, is caught out because of the EncroChat hack. Uh, by, by, Dutch and French police, you know, um, in 2020. Yeah, and that's been re- that's a really interesting point because obviously, if they believe that their communications are secure, they might be a bit more liberal with what they're saying. So, uh, the the British have had this operation called Venetic. I think it's been going on for maybe eighteen months, where they got all the anchor chat stuff from the, the the Belgian and the French, and it was obviously passed over. And it, just last week, we did a story about a man called an Irish man called Thomas Maher, who was done. In, he was living in Cheshire, and he was involved. He was a, a, a drug smuggler. He smuggled drugs for plenty of people, including the Kenyan cartel from uh, Europe into Ireland. And he was done for drugs and money offences. But last week, there was a six hundred thousand pounds enforcement order, effectively like cab taxing him. So the Brits, British taxed him for his criminality but he was caught because of EncroChat and what he was doing he was boasting about how important he was and that he could or he had all this connection to serious criminals so you know he hoist himself with his own petard now what's really interesting is the British are alluding to the fact that they're going to say in court that Liam Byrne made some comments on this alleged uh, EncroChat allegedly that they believe is enough to sustain a conviction so if he if they do have those texts which they by the sound of things they do then it really does spell serious problems for burn now there's one i will talk about one interesting point about EncroChat. if you'll notice lots of police forces around europe have been prosecuting people on the basis of EncroChat. the psni have been doing it i think didn't didn't um Barry Young, wasn't there some EncroChat stuff that was used against him that the PSNI had? I think there was something there that EncroChat was involved in that. But if you notice, nobody in Ireland has ever been prosecuted because of EncroChat. And I think I know why. There had been some speculation that, you know, the guards were sort of messing things up because they were in charge of any. But I, but I think there's a guard way of doing things. And I think this has been borne out. Guardy decided not to use that as an evidence. Okay, because it could be challenged, and there was a, a significant evidence to Venetic, the Operation Venetic, the EncroChat charges in England, and it's only in the last couple of weeks that that fell. So it was very close to succeeding on behalf of people charged over this. So what Guardi do is they don't use it as evidence; they use it as intelligence. So if they say right, you know, they will have all these. Me- There's no doubt the guards have these messages because every police force in Europe has them, but they're not bringing them into court. They're they're doing what they would call confidential information, and they're using that. I think I think it's a fair point to make. 
some of the real big seizures in the last 18 months or two years, in my mind, are absolutely connected to EncroChat. So the guards are using it as a sort of route map, not something that they would bring into court. And maybe one reason I think for that is we have a written constitution and, you know, it could be much more robust for defence counsel to go in and challenge EncroChat. Like if you remember during the uh, Jerry Hutch trial, do you remember all the legal argument about the National Surveillance Unit and the the, 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 the evidence gathered illegally up north as it was? Now, the judge let it in, even though she did say it was illegal. But I think we have much more robust safeguards having the written constitution and everything. And I think that on a strategic level, Garden Management said, right, we're going to use this as a sort of route map or a sat nav it's not going to be brought into court we are going to use this as a tree from which we can pluck lots and lots of intelligence and i have no doubt that's what is is happening in ireland so people who do wonder about why there's nobody charged in ireland because of encrochet i think that's why mm. and it's a it's in terms of um the approach as well um and it's like the guardi are keeping their, their cards close to the, their chest but um like this arrest today is surely will spread, spread, you know, paranoia to different levels among the cartel and, and, and those uh, under sanctions and, and, and so on named. Yeah, and, and that's another interesting point. Well, first thing, let's talk about, I'm going to talk briefly about the extradition because there's a really significant point about what used to be called the European arrest one. Yeah, and you named what it was there, the TAC, I think it's because of, ex, of Brexit. Now, extradition can only happen, and this is really significant in my mind, extradition can only happen for a purpose of charge. So in other words, the D- the Crown Prosecution Service, the British DPP, Director of Public Prosecutions, has already decided that there is enough evidence to sustain a prosecution against Liam Byrne uh, and uh, Jack Kavanagh. So that means they have been charged. Technically, they've been charged already. So it's not they want to extradite them to question them. They've already reached the, the threshold for charge. So it shows you how much information they have on him and I, I I just think it shows that there's an awful lot of uh, trouble for them but but you're quite right I think Daniel Kenan wherever he is will be looking at this arrest today and he will be extremely nervous I have no doubt the net is closing around him if you remember you mentioned the, the seven sanctioned people it's very important to say Liam Byrne was not one of those seven people there's a man called Sean McGovern from Crumlin, who is one of the seven sanctioned people, along with Christopher Kinnan, Christy Kinnan Sr., and Daniel Kinnan, and a couple of others, Johnny Morrissey, who we know is in custody. But one, no, because, and I was quite puzzled, I don't know about you, John, I was quite puzzled when the sanctions were released last April to see why Byrne wasn't on it, because I always thought he was central to it. Were you surprised by that? Oh, yeah, shocked. I never understood it. And even in the last couple of years, we haven't uh, written too much about Liam Byrne. It was as if he's gone off the radar almost, but, uh, yeah, we, we knew he was under, definitely knew he was under investigation by the NCA, but I don't think anyone was aware of the specifics. Um, and there was rumours that he was uh, nearly imploding himself. Uh, but then at the same time, you see him pop up in the last, particularly in the last uh, year or so, alongside Stephen Gerrard and, you know, living this relaxed life in, in, in Birmingham and, um, so I, I don't know, I, I was shocked, but at the same time, um, you were kind of wondering, did they have any, anything against him and why wasn't he named? Um, but this has come out of the blue, hasn't it, the arrest? Totally. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I, I have a very strong suspicion, and I think I know, that there are other other investigations, apart from the, the sanctions, so there's $5 million rewards for Christopher, Christie and Ken and Daniel, 
we know all about that and there's those seven people sanctioned, they can't move and all that sort of stuff. But I have no doubt that there are other criminal investigations underway in other jurisdictions against senior cartel figures. And as I always say, we, you know, we often get the mushroom treatment. We're, we're kept in dark and fed shit. We are told nothing. And it's only when things like this emerge. So you and I could wake up tomorrow, John, and they could have Daniel Cain arrested. We, or they could have other senior kids. Understandably, law enforcement in Europe and in Ireland, they keep things very close to their chest. And we don't, we, we get to hear very little of it. But just let, let's talk about Cain. I personally think that he would be very worried by this. Would you agree with that? Definitely, yeah, because I think the strategy has been over the last couple of years, obviously there's a coordinated strategy among police forces, but you've seen like middlemen being taken out, the likes of Flaffredi, uh, Brannigan, all these people being taken out in the middle, and the middlemen, and essentially they've gone up, uh, they're taken out, they've taken out Bomber Kavanaugh, now they've taken out uh, Liam Byrne. It, it's, the net is... is Closing in tighter and tighter, tighter all the time. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you're quite right. And you mentioned Liam Byrne and Bomber Kavanagh. You know what? There's only a very small amount of people higher up in the hierarchy than him. And then those two, and it's really the three Kenahan boys. Okay, you can have other, there are other significant people and we know who they are. But those three are at the top of the tree. And Liam Byrne, I mean, my contention is, I think the contention of law enforcement is he ran Europe for Daniel Kenahan. So he's a very significant player. And we know, as you say, about Liam Bomber, uh, Liam, or, uh, Thomas Bomber Cavanaugh, about his importance in the road. So people above those two men are the Kenyans. And the net, I have absolutely no debt, doubt the net is closing. And I think it'll be, wherever they are, I think they'll be very worried by what has happened. I suppose the question is where, where will they be brought back uh, to? I think there is a significant chance that it would be anywhere but Ireland. Uh, the US is a significant possibility. Um, yeah, I, I, I remember we about a year ago, just actually, it was about a month, two months after the, the sanctions were imposed, we, we were interviewing Garda Commissioner Jory Harris at Dublin Airport, the opening of Garda station there. I remember we were asking him, look, where do you want, where, where is he going, where is Kenin going to be done? And he, he more or less said he wouldn't be overly unhappy if they went to America. So if you remember what do you call him, that big Mexican El Chapo, you know, he was done in America. And obviously, I've always thought, look, the Americans have put their money where their mouth is. They put $5 million head on each of those three. Why would they want him to want him to appear anywhere else but America? So for me, I've always thought it's more likely than, than anywhere that he's going to be done in America. And if that is happening, then it's going to be the, geez, I know we call the Hutch trial, the trial of the century, but that'll be nothing compared to this. Yeah, exactly. But it is uh, incredible to see, actually, from the start of the feud and the Garda response, it, it was always that this would be this coordinated the only time the only way they'll be brought down is the coordination among police forces and now we're actually really seeing it in action um, and it, it's I, I just think Daniel Kinnan it must be uh, it must be a lonely place where he is and he's the night net is closing in oh, absolutely um, it'll be interesting so what happens next is that because the extradition request has come in from the British that's the start of the process so Byrne is going to be in custody. He'll have to appear in court. I know all this because you remember we did this when Jerry the Moncouch was arrested in Fuengarola. He had to go through the same process and he fought the extradition. So Liam Byrne can agree to the extradition or he can fight it. If he agrees to it, it could be two weeks to a month before he's sent over. That you know, It could be that quick. If he fights it, it could be months. It could be six, up to six, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think... You know, if I were a betting man, I'd say he will be extradited. I think he'll lose any fight against it. Just 
because the the British like any law enforcement they have they know their onions and they've got all their ducks in a row. There may be some procedural stuff, but you know I think it's a very very high chance of him being extradited. So really, this is May. I think whatever happens, Liam Byrne is more than likely to be in a British jail awaiting trial on these charges by Christmas, at the very latest. Yeah. And you know it'll 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 be very interesting. So we've got six months until then. It'll be very interesting to see what happens between now and then with other members of the cartel because I think this is a hammer blow to them. I really do. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, I think that we, we just want to do a, that's about half an hour. We just want to do a very quick hit, just nice and reactive. So I think we've got a good overview of what has happened. Liam Byrne is in serious bother and I think this adds, I think you'd agree, John, this adds to the pressure on Daniel Kinnan. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So shall we leave it there? John, that was brilliant. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs>